AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Grain futures were mostly lower. Nearby bean oil HRW futures are the exceptions. But it was clearly a defensive day for the grains. Livestock futures, however, are regaining upside momentum. Cattle got help from the cash market and hogs got help from, well, from the simple fact that hogs were just way too cheap at this month's low. Live, packed with double stuff via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we begin with a conversation with Chip Nellinger from Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. Later, Kerry Artek from ArtekAdvisory.com and directly following the news, Jack Scoville from the Price Futures Group. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Hey, thank you so much. Happy Monday, everyone. It's crisp, crisp out there this, this afternoon, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. It's a little crisp. Yes, there's yeah. a crispness in the air. Yes. Yeah. 36 degrees here in Northeast Iowa. Mm-hmm. Sun's kind of going in and out now. It was a nice, bright, shiny afternoon, but uh, we're kind of giving way to some clouds. And based on what we learned earlier, it could lead to some snow and even some accumulating mm-hmm. snow mm-hmm. within the next oh, 24, 36 hours, something like yeah. that. Yeah. You Down know? here in Dixie, we're at uh, 40 degrees. 40? Yeah. 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 Sunny. It's supposed <laughs> to be sunny for the whole rest of the day. Does is Kansas City all the way to Dixie? We're in Dixie. Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> We're going it's the closest with that. I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Love it. Uh, uh, we got Chip Dellinger today. Mm-hmm. Double and, stuff. Oh, man. It, see what I did there? What'd you say? You see what I did there? Double I stuff. I didn't hear it. Yeah. Chip and Chip. Oh. It's Chip with Chip. Double, double stuff. Got, got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> That's it. That's all. So we've got Chip Nellinger today, mm-hmm. and it. Every time we get Chip on the show, I feel like it's time to just break it down, break you know, break down these markets, and try to look at it with as much common sense as you possibly can. So that's what we're going to do today, and Great. and. We're going to take a look at what's going on with the exports, take a look at what's going on with farmer movement. Uh, Do we need to think about moving the yields too far from where USDA had them in the October crop production report? We'll we'll make as much sense out of what is going on in these markets as we possibly can. Great. Mm -hmm. Let's get to the news. Well, Chip, wheat futures ended the day mixed, and December soft red winter wheat futures spent time on both sides of 575 for a fifth consecutive session. The sideways trading range in SRW futures is clearly the dominant feature on the charts. Export inspections of wheat in the week ended October 26th totaled nearly 190,000 metric tons. That was in line with expectations, but it did very little to support wheat prices. Hard red winter wheat did trade slightly higher for most of the day. Anticipation of this afternoon's first winter wheat crop condition report of the fall. Likely limited selling. December HRW wheat futures were two cents higher today, 645 on the close. December SOW wheat down nine and one half cents, 566. 
December spring wheat closed at 7.17 and three quarters, down two cents today, Chip. Yeah, it felt like a market looking for a headline, and there just wasn't a lot of headlines out there for the wheat trade today. Well, spillover pressure from losses in the soy complex, limited buying in corn futures. December futures traded on both sides of 480 again today. The contract opened slightly lower, rallied to spike resistance at Friday's high, then pulled back to close below the opening range. That suggests a test of support at last week's low of 476 and three quarters. Export inspections of corn weakened at October 26th, nearly 532,000 metric tons, and that was in the top half of trade expectations. However, it did little to provide support for prices today. December corn futures two and a half cents lower, 478 and one quarter. March corn down two and a half, 492 and three quarters. May corn futures closed at 501. That's down two and a half, Chip. The trend in Dece corn is so sideways that we are identifying support levels less than two cents away. Mm-hmm. Less than two. I mean, that is a sideways market. Wow. Well, tip spread unwinding, limited pressure on soybean oil, and weighed heavily on soybean meal. Traders also said improved chances for rain in Argentina pulled soybean meal prices downward. However, conditions in Brazil remain too dry in northern production areas and too wet in the south. Bean plantings were estimated at 40% complete as of last Thursday, and that's behind last year's pace of 46% complete by the same time. Export inspections of beans in the weekend at October 26 totaled 1.89 million metric tons, and that was in line with trade expectations. November soybeans opened at just a quarter penny lower and then rallied through resistance of Friday's high before turning back to close near session lows. November beans 14 and one half cents lower today, 12.82 and three quarters. January beans down 12 and a quarter, 13.07 and one quarter. March beans closed at 13.22 and one quarter. That's down 11, Chip. Yeah, some weather forecasters are reading the models differently for those northern production areas in Brazil. You've got some that are saying, hey, look out, there is a chance for some rain. Um, Mm. So be aware of that. We had Brett Waltz this morning on from BAMWX. He said basically that there's no sign of a major pattern change coming. And uh, warm and dry looks to be the, the pattern that's stuck in place for now. Well, December cotton today, 147 points lower, 82.91. On your livestock, December fat cattle were supported by strength in the cash market at the end of last week. December futures got into last Monday's downside price gap by a dime before falling back to close just a tick below Friday's high. December fat cattle, a buck two and a half higher, 183.25. November feeders up 77 and one half to 237.67 and one half. And December hogs gapped higher, fell back to fill the gap, and then pushed up to resistance at the October 11 high before slipping back to mid-range for the close. December hogs, 70 cents higher all told, 71.17 and one half. Chip Flory. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. How you doing today, Jack? Well, better than the markets are, really. Kind of yeah. a disappointing day, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I really expected better price action. Um, haven't really heard about all that much rain falling down in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit more in Argentina, and it's still just uh, super soggy in Paraguay and, and southern Brazil. So I don't see that the weather's changed down there too dramatically, and um, uh, certainly gotten cold up here. At least it's cleared off a little bit, but it is cold up here, so uh, the growing season is over. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. When you look at what's going on down there in Brazil, Jack, 
you you talk to people down there every day, probably, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I got a feeling you're a little more in tune with what's actually happening on the ground than some that are managing money in this market. It takes time for a a crop concern in Brazil to turn into support for U.S. prices, doesn't it? Yeah, it tends to. and But this has been going on for a while, uh, this dryness in northern Brazil. It's uh, the market hasn't really wanted to believe it too much. And and there is a reason why. Eventually, you know, it's a tropical climate up there and eventually the rains will fall and, um, you know, they'll get their bean crop. It looks like the rains are going to start coming a little bit too late to really get the corn crop going. But, um, you know, they will get end up with some beans out of the deal anyway. Yep. Yep. But as you wait for it to become an issue, uh, it can become a bit frustrating. Uh, there's no question about that. Jack, we'll oh, yeah. talk to you about this again oh, next yeah. week. Okay, bud? Okay. All right. That is Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. We're talking to Chip Nellinger, Blue Reef Agri-Marketing, next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Hey. Oh. We don't make the news. We render it. Agritalk. Well, come on. Chip, no? a musician knows when to leave space. What's more important than the notes? The space is betwixt. <laughs> On Agritalk now! See? Now how glad are you to hear it after all of I, that waiting and explanation? Like, oh, that was he finally sang bump, it. Bump, 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 bump. Mm-hmm. Without the bump, bump. Right. Yeah. I'm I mean, who needs a shave and a haircut? That. You gotta have the two bits if you're gonna get the shave and the haircut. Exactly. That's what holds America together. It's finishing the job. That's right. And then paying for it. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That is Davis, and it is time Hello. to bring in Chip Nellinger from Blue Reef Agri Marketing. How you doing, Chip? I'm doing great, Chip. I didn't know I was gonna get a music theory lesson today. <laughs> Just hey, the basics. You... I'm just. I just want people to think. You know, just think. And and once again, proving that you never know exactly what you're going to get when you dial up <laughs> AgriTalk. Um, yeah, I, I always I, keep people on their toes. Well, we try. We try to do that. And um, with me, you're going to get a conversation about the markets. With Davis, 
this can go a lot of ways. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> All right, Chip. How you been doing, man? Everything good? Everything's great. Trying to get harvest wrapped up around here. We're getting... Uh, we got a, we got a, a lot of it out of the the uh, the field, but uh, had a little bit of a rain delay here late last week over the weekend. Um, so I, I think that will go a long ways towards getting these markets uh, stabilized and kind of getting uh, getting past this back and forth trade and choppy trade we're seeing. We got to get harvest in the rearview mirror and and get it behind us, and then I think the market will. Look more ahead to the South American weather, and well, as well as what's going to happen yeah. into the end of the year. Yeah, boy, the expectations for Central Illinois were very high going into the harvest. Do you think that crop is living up to them? Well, it certainly did on beans. So I've had this conversation many times. You know, it's it's interesting because um, both corn and bean yields were way better than expected right and and yeah. beans were probably in a lot of cases as good as a year ago <clears throat> but when you talk to producers about their corn crop they're wildly enthusiastic and impressed uh and it's better than expected because of the dry june we had and in many areas had virtually no rain in august either um but when you when you really get down to brass tacks and say well how did you end up versus a year ago it's still well behind a year ago in the case of corn so I think the USDA is very close on their yields. I don't know that they have to make major adjustments right now. And I think that'll be another thing once we get uh, to this November crop report. Make sure there's no major, uh, uh, you know, uh, upward revision in yields. And I think that'll, uh, you know, allay some of the fears of the market uh, as well. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly with them. And you know what? I'm with them more on beans over their amazement. Uh than than I am with corn in most cases. That corn crop, it built some tremendous yield potential uh, early in the season and then held on to as much of it as it could. Beans aren't supposed to be made until August. And we were way short on, on moisture in most areas in August. And there's still a bean crop out there, Chip. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed. Uh, it is. And and what it should tell us all is that uh, if this thing ever goes right from start to finish, and it's been many years since it has, which means the probability is increasing, we are going to raise some massive national average yields on corn and beans in the United States. And we've been saved two or three years running by some problems in the Southern Hemisphere. So, uh, you know, if you ever uh, wrap it up and, and you have record crops in both hemispheres, um, we are going to change this supply-demand situation in a hurry. Now, we're not there yet, and so we have some yeah. opportunity ahead of us, but uh, these these corn hybrids, these bean varieties, man, they can perform. Yeah, yeah. What you're talking about, if that does happen, if we hit in the U.S. and we hit in South America at the same time, you're talking about the 15, 16, 17 kind of markets again, aren't you? Uh, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely it's going to get ugly and the problem with that as it always has been is the adjustment of price goes first and then inputs go second and you get kind of upside down and that's never a good place to be i don't know why as fast as these markets move in today's environment that won't be the case again again i don't i'm not a doom and gloomer i think there's some opportunity ahead of us and better levels as we get into the end of the year 
but we better all be thinking, you know, way ahead of this thing now and realizing, boy, when we get the year that it all goes right, start to finish, uh, we're going to, you know, really yeah. reshuffle the supply and demand balance sheet and end up with uh, way, way well, too much supply. You know, when you look at the soybean market in particular, and you've got a a tight stocks to use situation in the U.S., and then a situation for the global stocks to use that isn't quite so, is is it nearly as tight? You get those conflicts kind of button heads from from time to time in the markets too. I think that's one of the reasons that if you're going to see some action in the grains or the the crop markets here over the over the near term, it's probably going to be in the soy complex, isn't it? Could could easy be, and you know, yeah. through all this, through all this, I, I guess I've a not been in the wildly bearish demand camp. Now, granted, it's down from a year ago, yeah. But you got some bright things happening domestically on demand here uh, for both meal meal and oil. So, yeah, to your point, Chip, I, I think there's also very little weather premium in current bean prices as far as South American uh, weather risk goes. So that could change quickly as you get into the last half of November and December, though. And the way that the spreaders ran the meal market to the upside and the, and the, the oil market to the downside, the you know first things first is getting those spreaders out of the market, right? Well, uh, it is. Uh, I, I think that's something you need to watch, though, is the spread. And, you know, um, the old saying down from the floor days is, uh, you know, the biggest bull markets and beans are led by meal. So, yeah. you know, the reason is it's 44 percent of the entire crush. So I think it's a good situation. I think there's bullish demand stories for both meal and oil right now. Uh, but the spreads are going to dictate. I think today was just a little bit of oil meal spread and winding ahead of the uh, the end of the month here be interesting to see if this meal market rallies right back into new highs once November uh, gets here. Jeez, you just said it again, and it's something that I haven't. I, all I got to do is look at a calendar and realize what the date is, and that does help explain a lot of things. It's the end of the month. We got some position evening that was happening in the markets today, right? I think that was a lot of what Jeez. happened in the uh, in the bean complex, and I think as you look at a strong Kansas City wheat market and a wheat Chicago market, yep. I think that's the same thing going there as spread unwinding. Yep, I'll bet you're right. I'll bet you're right there. Um, uh, on that HRW, it might be a, have a little something to do with the first um, crop condition report of the of the fall for the winter wheat. It could it, it definitely, but I, I think at the heart of it, um, when you see moves like that, yeah. um, to me and you know, right here at the end of the month, we got one day left tomorrow. It, it, to me, it's all about spread unwinding, and it's something that uh, I, I don't pay enough attention to. I know uh, personally, but the spreads uh, really do do matter at times. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just lose track. Never mind the fact that I got to say it. Uh, I know that October thirtieth is my first grandkids' birthday, so happy birthday, Marin! Uh, but uh, uh, there you go. Here we, yeah, here we are at, at the end of another month and and charging strong into November. I, I want to talk more about November, but before we get there, this how has bean demand gotten such a bad rap this fall? 
I'm not sure. I, I really am not sure. Um, I don't know how it's gotten such a bad rap, you know, for the last four or five months. And yeah. uh, it's it's really, I mean, we've seen a nice uptick in bean demand here recently, right on time. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're competitive with South America. You got shipping problems, logistic problems in Brazil. Uh, we're selling just boatloads of, of soy meal. Uh, I think that the demand case for the bean complex looks pretty good into, uh, you know, February, March timeframe. Yeah. Looking at the export inspections to date, and it's a very young marketing year yet. We, you know, we can't forget that we're just two months old, uh, but bean inspections, 2.7% behind a year ago. Uh, last week we were 3.3% ahead of year ago. So this was a slowdown. This week was a slowdown. But USDA, with their export projection, they've got us down 12% from the 23, uh, excuse me, from the 22-23 marketing year. So we're, we're doing better than the pace that's required to get to USDA's estimate. 1.755 billion bushels. All right. Uh, we're going to keep the conversation going with Chip Nellinger, Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. Next, here on Agritalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes where December hard red winter wheat futures were two cents higher, 645. December soft red wheat was down nine and a half cents to 566. December corn futures two and one half cents lower, 478 and one quarter. March corn down two and a half, 492 and three quarters. November soybean futures 14 and one half cents lower today, 1282 and three quarters. Jan beans down 12 and a quarter, 1307 and one quarter at the close. December cotton was 147 points lower, 82.91. On your livestocks, December fat cattle were a buck two and one half higher at 183.25. November feeders up 77 and one half to 237.67 and one half. And December lean hog futures 70 cents higher today to close at 71.17 and one half. Get more market news every market day at TryProFarmer.com. Opinions expressed on Agritalk do not necessarily reflect the Farmer Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on Agritalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us for this conversation with Chip Nellinger from Blue Reef 
agri-marketing. Chip, we talked about demand for meal. Very good. I mean, last week the export sales number was over half a million tons. Uh, that's a, a nice number to see that we we don't get to see very often. Talk to me about corn. It feels like corn demand is just starting to kick in. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think it's uh, we've seen a nice uptick. Obviously, um, uh, you know, things have uh, turned the corner a little bit, uh, it seems like to me as well. And that should just continue to get better and better um, as we go forward deeper into fall and then, you know, into winter in the first part of the new year. I think two things with that. I think uh, if this is just kind of part way into uh, a bull market in soy meal, that eventually that's going to spill over and help corn demand as well. And and secondly, um, what seems to not be getting a ton of attention yet is this uh, this wet weather they've had in southern Brazil. And, you know, yeah. they grow a lot of second crop corn down there. I think if you get 10 days, two weeks down the, the, the road here and they're still fighting wet weather, you're going to really potentially mess up the window for their second crop corn. And that is very yield sensitive as to when they get that crop in the ground and i i don't think the market is even uh, does has that anywhere near the radar screen yet right right you know i could hear the frustration in jack's voice jack scoville from price futures when he was talking about how tough some of the conditions are down there with too wet in the south too dry in the north uh you know when you when you when you hear that from somebody that's been doing this as long as Jack has been doing it, I think you should pay attention, Chip. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. And to his point, I heard some of that at uh, the end of his segment. And, yeah. you know, the reason the market doesn't get carried away with dry weather, uh, A, their growing season is so long uh, down yeah. there. They have wide margin of air. And, you know, it's in a rainforest, right? Like, it's going to rain. <laughs> But the sheer amount of the rain they've had in southern Brazil is mind-boggling how yeah. much rain they've had. And, you know, I heard you talking uh, before my segment as well that, you know, the the weather, some weather forecasters really think that this trend's going to continue. So yeah. uh, there's still time for them well, for it to straighten out. But um, I think as we get this calendar turned to November, the market's quickly going to start taking a, a, a much more uh, – measured approach and, and focusing a little more than it has been on the forecast in, in uh, Brazil. Yeah. It is a long growing season, Chip, but that growing season is getting shorter because they're trying to do more with it. You know, with the second crop of corn behind it becoming so important to so many producers down there that it, Something's got to give when you're trying to do as much as they're trying to do in a growing season. And it's it's shortening up their season for beans and it's shortening up their season for second crop corn. That's it, It's adding to uncertainty rather than – you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. And, and it's early. The market's gotten um, burnt so many times the last 10 years you know, adding weather, whether it's frost premium, whether it's dry weather, yeah. whether it's too wet, they've gotten beat up doing that too early. And so they're going to wait to the very last minute, but the window is really closing rapidly, especially if you get another 10 days down the road, 14 days, you know, that is a critical time frame. that second crop corn 
um, to get that in the ground at the beginning of that season. Otherwise, they typically get too dry at the end. Uh, If that's not, you know, that's kind of like their gravy crop. I've talked to producers down there, and they said if if it goes in late and it doesn't have much potential, they stop throwing inputs at it, and it is what it is, right? So it's very critical that that weather window, uh, they hit that window, and I think you're starting to get really close to where that's closing in on them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It, uh, that's a, that, that, that whole, yeah, it's a long growing season, but it's getting shorter because they're trying to do more with the one growing season. It's, it's an idea that I've been kicking around in my head, trying to figure out just exactly what it does mean to the potential for price action, especially as we get into November. So I think what I hear you saying is let's just put November 15 on it. If the weather patterns have not changed, by November 15, uh, the markets will probably be acting a lot differently than what they are right now, won't they? I think they will. I think they'll have to be forced to come to the uh, conclusion that we don't have nearly enough weather premium uh, in in the bean complex. And, you know, I think it'll really affect corn. I don't think the corn market has it anywhere close to the radar screen right now of what uh, there may be, you know, the start of a real problem down there. So if that does turn into price strength in corn, I keep hearing from almost everybody that's on the show that when it comes to corn, you got to look at selling rallies. Um, is that kind of your attitude? Well, yeah, I think what what we need to see happen, whether that's because of this uh, weather premium from the second crop corn window in, in Brazil, whether that's some demand – you, you need a, a change of ownership, right? You need the funds to get out of their shorts. You need some speculators to get long. And and as that happens, okay. it'll allow the commercials and, and farmers a chance to to sell this crop. And so I think you can still see that. It's a matter of, of what's the magnitude of right. that change of ownership. And, yes. you know, does that take us to five and a quarter? Or does that take us to 560? Mm-hmm. And I think that remains to be seen right now. What I was going to ask you is what will constitute a rally in this corn market? You know, it, it you basically use the numbers that I was thinking. Five and a quarter was the first thing. I was going to say 550 on the second one. But is is a rally 525 or is a rally 550 in this in this market? I'm I don't know if I'd be willing to wait for that second stage to get up to 550 before picking up the sales pace. No, I, I would not either. I agree with you. Um, I, in my mind, a rally uh, is up into that five and a quarter. That's versus December. There's an open chart gap up there. Obviously, there's good carry in the market. So against the March contract, maybe that's a little bit higher. Uh, but I agree with you 100%. Um, I wouldn't. I think it's possible with continuing problems in, in Brazil and maybe Argentina uh, to get corn to 550, but I, I sure wouldn't wait uh, until that level in order to take some risk off the table and do some selling as a, as a farmer. Now, as you're, if we get that opportunity and we are selling into a rally, um, what's, what kind of strategy do you like on this? Are you just looking at the cash marketer or are you looking at a minimum price? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I think to some extent, I think it, it depends on the, the producer, right? Sure. Um, I think if you want to do a minimum price, 
maybe this is an area to take your foot off of first base and buy some calls ahead of some anticipated sales down the road. I think if you wait for a 30 cent rally, calls are going to get expensive and you might be frustrated. I think though, maybe the main thing is you, you, you sell the carry and you manage basis. Basis should get better as well as we get into November and December. And so uh, it's both futures price as well as basis and managing those two things are entirely different. Yeah. Okay. How much of the 23 corn crop has moved? I can't believe there's much more than a third of it. So that is something that's going to hang over this market on any rally and it's going to hold us back. Uh, and, you know, as that change of ownership happens, there's a lot of corn that's, you know, for sale or unsold that's going to be uh, a resistance above this market. Man, oh man, if we could get some water in the river before freeze over, I think that would change that the whole dynamic of the corn market, wouldn't it? I think it could. It would definitely help, uh, obviously, barge freight and help the basis improve. Uh, it'd help get some uh, some stuff uh, out of here. I think it'd, it'd maybe help give a, a boost in demand as well as, uh, yeah. as things get cheaper because of that higher river level. Yeah, I would love to see that. Holy smokes. Um, I, I just don't see I, I don't see it in the forecast is, is the only problem in here. Um, look over at the livestock trade. What do you see over there, Chip? Well, pretty volatile in the cattle. Again, I think it <laughs> remains to be seen as we get ready to turn the calendar to November. Uh, are the funds done with their selling? If so, we probably have uh, some upside that we could see uh, in the cattle complex. If you get uh, this calendar turned in, to November in the first three or four trading sessions, see some additional fund selling, uh, it could be some, uh, you know, a tough road in cattle. So I think the next four or five trading sessions are really going to tell us a lot more. Uh, I think hogs are a little more fairly priced right now. You know, I think as you get into, you know, that deep in this uh, in this fourth quarter that we can start talking about some better things. But, boy, the hogs have been have been choppy. The funds are short now and, you know, they've been chopped up a little bit. So I think it's going to stay really choppy in the hog market. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like hogs just got too cheap, though, at the lows? Yeah. And that's been really for two, three years running. The yeah. spreads and the discounts that you see out there. Uh, have really been something. Not not only the discounts to the deferreds, but sometimes the premium up front has really held us back. So we 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 do get out of whack at times, and I do think you're correct, Chip, that you know these deferreds maybe just got a little ahead of themselves and got a little too discounted with where uh, the the bottom was in the cash market. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to be trying to help them out tonight. I got pork chops <laughs> on the counter and. And uh, they're going to be on the grill yet tonight. I mean, it's the first really cold grilling. I shouldn't say really cold. It's the first cold grilling experience for me this fall. We'll see how it goes, buddy. <laughs> hey, keep uh, watch out for frostbite. You know I will. You know I will. All right. Thank you, Chip. That is Chip Nellinger, Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. All right. Davis and I are going to wrap things up here on day one of AgriTalk next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. The truth is hard to come by these days, unless you listen to AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us on this Monday afternoon. Great conversation with Chip Nellinger, Blue Reef Agri-Marketing. Uh, just, uh, yeah, like I said at the start of the show, we kept it pretty logical all the way through there, I believe, Davis, and and uh, even got a little bit of livestock commentary in there at the end from him. It was highly logical. Yes. 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 I would agree. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's let's go to. I don't know. I I mm-hmm. let I I don't know if I've ever asked Carrie this. Carrie is technical analysis a, an art or a science? I call it an art and a science because oh. there is a science that's mathematical. Uh, but there's an art to its interpretation, and I don't mean to give that leeway, but, you know, uh, things set up differently over times, and what was a cell signal uh, before is not necessarily one now because you're incorporating, you know, other elements, other technical mathematical elements into it. So there is a certain subjectivity to it that is as much of an art as it is a science. How's that? that I, I get it. Uh, Davis, are you following all this? I'm sorry, I dozed off for a second there. What was this now? <laughs> Did we start? Is the show what? Are we going? <laughs> Carry Artek, more, Artek science, Advisory. It's more science than art. It's more science than art, but there is an element of art to it. No doubt. I get about it. it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I absolutely get it. Carry uh, Artek, Artek Advisory is with us. Of course, it is Monday afternoon. Uh, if you would like to get a two-week free trial of Carrie's uh, chart analysis. Go ahead and go to artacadvisory.com, A-R-T-A-C, advisory.com, and get signed up. Carrie, get us started with these corn. Yeah, these corn. I just want to mention, uh, Chip, that uh, on the website, I've got the AgriTalk mm-hmm. link at the top, and uh, they can see all the charts that I'm using today, uh, so they can see exactly what I'm talking about visually. And to start with these corn, they'll be able to see that there is a long-term former channel top that we settled above several years ago that is a horizontal structure at 460.50 that I think is in reach over the next few weeks below 494 and three quarter. And that's a level that you can also see on the daily chart that I post for D's corn. 460 half, if tested over the next few weeks, can contain selling well into next year. And in fact, we came close to testing it about a month and a half ago. And since then, I've been maintaining 550 even as a three to five month objective, which you can also see on those charts. That 550 even level actually becomes a pretty clear objective over the next two to three months if we can close above 494 and three quarter. So 494 
494 and three quarter meaningful pivot point really through the rest of the year below which 460 half in reach over the next few weeks and if we can close any week friday above 494 and three quarter that 550 even level looks pretty realistic to me over the following two to three months on to december live cattle i've mentioned this a lot on your show the last few months these charts are also there a weekly chart showing a three-year rising channel top that stems off of that April 2020 COVID low. Uh, we've tested it several times over the last few months. It's at 193.67. We are well below it, but we did test it as recently as mid-September. And following that test of that long-term channel resistance, the channel bottom, the three-year channel bottom, is well below the market at 164.95, which I consider to be, you know, a, a target over the next say five to eight months. You know, as we move into spring, summer of next year, perhaps. On the way down, we tested it last week, is a one-year channel bottom that you can also see on the website at 179.32. And that formation, we tested last week and came off of nicely. It may well contain selling through the rest of the year. In other words, over the next couple of months, we can claw our way back to 193.67, where we can top out well into next year. But if we do close below 179.32, I think that ushers in a quick two to three month downside target at 164.95 so say by the end of january i would expect 164.95 that's a three-year channel bottom that can absorb selling into spring even summer of next year and finally december crude oil also charted also shown on the website this is really big picture analysis, but uh, we've got 76.62 to 79 and a quarter, well below the market right now. We're trading around 82.61 last, but it is narrowing, and you can see that on that chart. 76.62 is rising weekly, 79 and a quarter dropping weekly. It is, forms a, a range of support that is significant, able to contain selling through winter trade into next spring, and in fact, above which the upper 90s are still in reach over the next few months, 98.49 to be precise. Uh, the upward pivot point for whether we see 98.49 anytime soon or not would be 90.12. So 90.12, able to contain okay. buying through next week and below which that 76.62 to 79 and a quarter area remains in reach over the next few weeks. And if we can close above 90.12, then I see 98.49 inside of about three to five weeks where we can top out into next spring. And uh, I think that pretty much summarizes it, Chip. All right. Good stuff, Kerry. Got some markers to watch for in these markets going forward. Appreciate your time and all the Thanks, work sir. that you put into this, Kerry. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Take care now. All right. You bet. Kerry uh, Artak, Artak Advisory. Uh, Davis. Yeah. You ready to take a look at this? Uh, National Weather Service 6, 10-day outlook. This is for November 5th through the 9th. Mm -hmm. does look like they took some heat out of Alaska, but that precip yeah. is still there in the 6 to 10-day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, they've still got the above normal in uh, uh, what would that, that would be eastern Alaska. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, above normal temperatures expected over most of the Corn Belt. Near normal temperatures expected in most of North Dakota, northeast South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. That's where the near normal temperatures are. Below that, the entire country is looking at above normal temperatures. So... Uh, it's it's uh, got some heat coming back in, and it's got some moisture in the forecast as well. Above normal precipitation expected over the entire Corn Belt. A narrow band of near normal runs through the through eastern Kansas, up into northwest Kansas, and then we get dry again down in the southern plains, Oklahoma, and into Texas. 
in the 8 to 14 day. The above normal temperatures are basically west of the Mississippi River is where we're looking at above normal temperatures for November 7th through the 13th. Near normal temperatures expected in the eastern belt. Near normal precipitation expected over the entire corn belt. So it really doesn't look that bad, does it? No, I think we can handle this. This will be fine. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Once we get through with the current quote-unquote cold snap, Mm -hmm. Things will warm up for us a bit, and uh, uh, we should be able to handle that. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. Thanks, Chip Nellinger, for coming on the show. Chris Bliley from Growth Energy is going to be on the show with us tomorrow morning. We're also going to be talking turkey. Tomorrow afternoon, Mark Rempe from Quad Commodities.